In this podcast, we discuss the power of visualization, the effect of energy lines between two athletes, aerobic thresholds, stretching and yoga, how it affects exercise, the motivating factors of luck and opportunity, physiological dance and fitness, and victory ceremony. All right, welcome to the John Cruz Podcast, where we emphasize career, relationships, health, and productivity, specifically health. We're focusing in on how elite athletics affects emotion. All right, great Majestic Eric on the podcast, Howdy. Eric Millard. Yep. Nice to, nice to be out here, John, and I'm excited to do this podcast. You are a mate. You are humble, mm -hmm. but you have success in competitive and recreational sports. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you wanted to be a renaissance man, a painter, inventor, sculptor, mathematician. How is training and competing in triathlons like being the renaissance man of athletics? Oh boy, all right. So um, my background is triathlon, so that's yeah. swim, bike, run. So it helped me be able to split things up individually and learn them as a whole wow. and put it together. So like the swim is one discipline which takes a lot of technique. Biking is another discipline which takes more technique and then running is obviously a very technical sport. So I learned all those sports individually and then brought them together in triathlon. Yeah, the technicality yeah. of triathlons yeah. is fascinating. Yes, yes it There's is. a lot of stages in there. You got T1, T2, mm -hmm. got those transitions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was a, it was definitely a learning experience. It taught me, the biggest lessons triathlons taught me is like whatever you put your mind to, yes. you can succeed at. Ah, oh, brilliant. The power of cognition yes. with performance, basically. Yes. yes. Awesome. Okay, Wim Hof briefly. Yes. How does cold water, specifically the Wim Hof method, affect your focus, stress levels, and overall confidence? All right, so it definitely, it helped me ground myself. Oh, nice. Every morning, especially with the, with the, with the breathing, the deep breath exercises, as well as the cold water, the cold water showers and stuff like that. It very centered me in the morning. I thought about my day in the shower, what I wanted to do that day, what my training schedule was going to be like that day. And then, you know, with that, with that amount of confidence that you build up being in the here and now, I just went about my day and kicked ass. It sounds like the reduced stress yeah. and increased focus yep. from the Wim Hof method <laughs> allowed you to navigate your day more mm -hmm. depthly. Yep. Yep. You got it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. All right, energy spirit. This one's interesting. Okay, yeah, sure. I know that energy lines, the spirit, energy, even heat you feel with another athlete is vital. Yes. It's crucial to not disconnect the energy between two runners or two athletes. What is the relationship to another athlete's energy in a workout and race comparing swimming, cycling, and running? All right, so I believe that you can push yourself only so far but you need someone else to push you that little bit further. So there was a guy, his name's Jason Pesto, and him and I were basically like rivals. Okay. So like we would show up to races knowing that it was either gonna be him winning mm -hmm. or me winning. We would show up and like, we would have a friend, we'd had, we had a friendly camaraderie, but at the same time there was that little bit of like, I don't know, competition side, that, yeah. that little bit of spite that like, all right, let's, you know, Let's see how far I can push you. And then he would do the same because he was a stronger runner. He was, his background was running. All right. Whereas my background cycling. So uh, like, naturally. So, naturally. So 
I would kick his ass on cycling, but then he would kick my ass on running. So like, it was like this, this thing where like, I would push him in the bike so he wouldn't lose enough time in the bike and I would get enough time in the bike to be able to outrun him in the run. So there was some sort of teamwork reciprocation. Correct, there. yes, yes. Awesome. There, there, there was camaraderie inside of the competition. Basically. Marvelous, marvelous. All right, thresholds. The anaerobic threshold is when your body kicks into anaerobic ATP processing yep. for physiological energy. Yep. How do you integrate sprints and surges into your swims, bikes, and runs in a way that doesn't breach that threshold so you stay in the zone of aerobic respiration, avoiding lactic acid buildup? All right, so on the bike, there's these things called power meters. All and right. what that allows you to do is allows you to track out your physio physiological capabilities with inside of those zones. Mm -hmm. And how you know that is through wattage, which is the way that power meters, it's the substrate, we'll call it, that the power meter gives you. So it's just a way that's the energy system that they show is the through wattage. And so like I know where my anaerobic threshold is and I just keep it underneath that. Now sprinting, it's important in triathlon, even though in, in triathlon it is an endurance event, mm -hmm. there is a lot of anaerobic energy system still built into endurance because like um your anaerobic and aerobic it's not like a light switch you don't just flip on right. <laughs> your anaerobic system or flip on your aerobic system they're like dimmer switches so when you're starting to push yourself a bit harder when you're in the anaerobic zone your aerobic goes down and then your anaerobic goes up but if you're all aerobic there's still anaerobic um you're still producing lactate in your muscles which is a byproduct of an anaerobic effort. And that more or less leads us to cortisol and testosterone. Okay, gotcha. All right, so how does cortisol, the stress hormone, and testosterone, the flight, fight, mating, competing, aggression hormone, mm -hmm. affect your emotions in training and competition? All right, so I'm, I have a very fine relationship with the stress body inside of myself. Mm. And... Um, Last year, I was putting in 16 to 20 hours a week on my bike, and I felt that kind of switch inside of myself where my cortisol levels were getting too high and my testosterone levels were getting too low because I was right. just stressed the fuck out all day. Right, right. Because um, cycle, uh, any sort of workout, whether it be aerobic, weightlifting, anything like that, it's a stressor on your body. Yes. Just like getting in an argument with your with your partner or, you know, being stressed out at work, it all, like your body can't di differentiate a, a social stressor versus a physical stressor. Marvelous. And those stressors are really, really important. Yes, they are. When making decisions, because mm -hmm. sometimes they can influence a decision. Mm -hmm. So, one of the most valuable assets is the decisions we have and the opportunities we fulfill. How would you say decisions play into recreational and competitive fitness? Um, you know, that's kind of a personal choice. It just matters what you want out of your workouts, you know, nice. or out of what you are training for. If you're training for something, if you're just training to, um, to finish, that's a completely different stressor than training to win because training to win is a hell of a lot harder than training to finish. Yeah, and, that's true. And as you increase in intensity to win a race, that obviously brings up stressors. So it's kind of like this fine line that you're playing with of 
how stressed out do I want to be today? And that will affect that workout. Would you say that workouts sort of diminish stress? Um, in the moment, it definitely does. It's definitely like a mind clear, but it's after where it starts to set in. For, for me, like that's the clearest moment of my yeah, day yeah, is exactly. after my, my okay. after my workout, gotcha. after my stretches. Yeah. Um, and I mean, stretches are so important. How does yoga and stretching affect your stability on the bike with overall fitness? Um, so being a flexible, but in, in biking terms, we call it a functional athlete is very important, especially in triathlons. Function because on the bike you're in a very low scrunch position mm -hmm. and being able to get into those low aggressive aerodynamic positions you have to have a very flexible and a very functional body and one mm -hmm. thing that stretching does is not only does it help elongate and be able for you to achieve those positions but it also recruits um, stability muscles we'll call them postural muscles to be able to sustain that position for X amount of time, however long you are going. Yes. Yeah, and not only that, but it's also a very, very good thing to work <laughs> into your training schedule and your training routine just for the mind to yeah. relax the mind. Because the body affects the mind. Exactly. Yeah. I was just about to say, you know, um, Descartes said, I think, therefore I am, which isn't true. I don't mm. believe so. Okay. That, 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 <laughs> that, 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 that philosophy splits that mind body connection. Yeah. So it's like if you after you go get a massage, you're relaxed, meaning you're going to be in a relaxed state. Right. Whereas, you know, if you're just going out and killing yourself every day on the bike, you're going to be in a stress state because your muscles get tight. Your central nervous system doesn't know when to shut off. And all that energy, it affects your mind. It affects your mental state. Wow, that is yeah. fascinating. Yeah. That is really fascinating. <laughs> yeah, that, how that, that... That, That's something that I learned very, very, very early on in my triathlon career is how much your mind affects your performance whether it be in a workout or in a race that is fascinating yeah. mm -hmm. that is definitely fascinating okay speaking of races yeah. your best race okay what were the thoughts going through your mind visually what were you experiencing and auditorily what were you hearing okay. around you and in your mind how were you feeling about yourself and what were you feeling in your body when you won okay. your favorite race? Okay, got favorite right. race. So my Because I know you've won multiple yes, races. Yes, I've won I've won my age group in every single race that I've I've done. That's like there's been twenty races I've done and I've won that my is age group epic. in every one. I've placed top ten in all of them overall, and I've placed top three in probably five of them. But I've won one race overall. Um and that race... And that's your favorite race. That's, that's my favorite yeah. race. Yeah, it was um, Ideal Beach Triathlon in Elkhart. And, you know, I always get these intuitions. It's weird. I get these intuitions bet before races. And it's not mm -hmm. like the night before. Mm -hmm. It's usually like three months before. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's this crazy wow. Was thing. it on your schedule at the time? It was. I was training for that race at the time. All correct. Right. And one morning I woke up. I was like, dude, it's in the bag already. Oh, like, so your victory was yeah, your like, premonition. Yeah, I had, a, I had an intuition. You had this that, intuition that, that you would be very successful yeah. in that race. So, if you can hold on to that and not let that doubt creep in, Ooh. you can use that to your advantage. So, um, that's that, inspiring yeah, right there. That, that is an inspiring mentality. That morning of the race, I was like, "All right, like you've trained, you know, three months for this race." 
you got to put it all out there on the line and so that morning I was like all right so Jason's here meaning I'm gonna have to outbike him because I'm not a runner like I just I he's a runner I am not uh but so, so after T2 after you needed to you needed to, to, after to be victorious after, after the swim I outswam him by like 30 seconds so I was on the bike before he even got out of the water Dang. um and dude I fucking Pushed. I had my power meter, so I was like, all right, I can push 300 watts for the 20 minutes on this bike. Because it was a very short, it's a super sprint, so like it's all out. Like it's all anaerobic. Like it's from the gun, you are sprinting basically. And and basically that's 400 meter swim. Um, it's like a, it was like a 10K 10, bike. It was like a 10 mile bike and then it was a like a 3K run. A 3K yeah. run? Mm -hmm. That's a little bit long. The, the, General definition yeah. of a super sprint is yeah. 2.5k yeah. run, yeah. so yeah. there's some flexibility yeah. there, in that there, location. There's, there's a lot of flexibility in the triathlon. And this was so, in Elkhart, Indiana, yeah. USA. Yeah, yep, you got it. And um, so I was on the bike and I was pushing really good power, but about halfway through, my legs were talking to me and they were like, I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't know if I got it in me. And right. I, started, I started talking to myself. I was like, hold on, like, that's doubt. You got to get rid of that. Like, you give it a place. What did you do to eliminate it? All right, so um, I had friends who I was going to go party with that night. Oh, wow. And I was like, I've always wanted to, like, pop a champagne bottle in celebration. Okay. So I had this mantra that I came up with the night before, and it's like, if it ever gets hard, just keep repeating, we're popping bottles tonight. Okay. So, okay. So like, I don't know. I had, so then, you had that victory ceremony I had that, in your mind. I had that victory ceremony. Like I, I could feel what it was going to feel like crossing that finish line first already. Wow. So like I used that mantra to propel myself, and I was like, whenever that little voice in my head was like, "Dude, you need to back off. You're gonna blow up," I would be like, "No, nah, dude." We're popping bottles tonight, baby. Like so you, you push through it. So I pushed through it. Yes. You broke through barriers. I broke basically. through barriers. Wow. Yeah. For wanting to pop a bottle and spray it all over people. Okay. Like, that, that, that was that, <laughs> that was, was the motivation. That was the ceremony. That, that was, was the that ceremony. Was, that was literally the motivation. It wasn't even like the trophy or the camaraderie or like the the good jobs or his handshake from Jason or anything like that. It was literally I wanted a video of me shaking up a champagne bottle and popping it and spraying Well, that's what all, all the Tour de France guys do. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what they do. That's yeah. yeah. I mean, that's where that came from. Um, the apex of victory. I know, I know Tour de France is in the Pyrenees mm -hmm. and it's about 2,200 miles yep. in the month of July, yep. in this month. Yep. And uh, it's a very grueling Yes, it's a definitely experience. a... It's a, it's a it's a way for human beings to test their limits. Yes. For sure. And it is, it's an act of perseverance and resilience. But that's as brilliant well. having a victory ceremony. It can, mm -hmm. be, it can be trivial. For me, it's having uh, flavored water yeah. after okay. my run. Yeah. That's my victory ceremony. Mm -hmm. I look forward to that. Mm -hmm. I just drink flavored water. Yeah, there you go. It, it tastes good. It's yeah. something to look forward to. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's something you could control. Yeah, exactly. Something exactly. you can control that you can look forward to mm -hmm. outside of all the variables mm -hmm. of a race. Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, let's see. Victory, when you glide past another cyclist or yeah. competitor, what is going through your mind as the consequences of that personal and possibly professional victory? Honestly, in those moments, because you're going so hard, 
those thoughts don't even come up in your head. It's just like, all right, there's another one goes by. That's, <laughs> like that, that's, that's yeah. or it, it might not even be anything. Like uh, I raced Melting Man last year. I placed third overall to like 300 people. And I was passing people left and right. And like, it was just, it's something that had to have been done. Like yeah. that, that's the way that you think of it. And like, like I said, in those moments, you know, I'm focusing on the sensations in my legs. I'm focusing on my breathing. I don't have mental space, mental So you don't even, to, um, you don't even, I mean, evaluate them as victory. There's just, it's just a modus operandi of victory, sort of. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, 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 it's a way to succeed at something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's sure. awesome. Okay. This is going back to what you talked about with your competitor yeah. friend. All right. Yeah. Teamwork. Yeah. All right. So how do you believe teamwork? I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but in the case of the British Brownlee brothers, yeah. okay. mm -hmm. Alistair and Johnny, mm -hmm. fraternal teamwork, yeah. mm -hmm. fraternal teamwork even affects typical solo sports like swimming, mm -hmm. cycling, and running. Mm -hmm. So what was the question? How do you think that teamwork, okay. even like fraternal okay. teamwork, because they were it. brothers. There right. was a... Yeah. You know, in, in a race in Leeds, mm -hmm. Johnny mm -hmm. collapsed. Yeah, he blew up. He did, yeah, he yeah, blew up. Yeah. And his brother helped carry him along. Helped yeah. carry him along. Mm -hmm. Um it's it was Plato Aristotle said that competition brings out the <laughs> You're bringing in philosophy. The true that, Renaissance man. The, the, um that competition brings out the best in people. And I think that moment kind of brought that out that you know, they were competing as individuals, but at mm. the same time, you know, Brownlee had the the sympathy and empathy and compassion for his brother to put his yeah. win on the line yeah. to help carry him across the line. So I think... Well, um, Alistair's won so many yeah, races, exactly. too. <laughs> um, and it's, it's important to have... This is something I learned last year as well. It's important to have a solid support structure mm. in place even off like out of training like good dear friends who don't even have anything to deal with triathlon to help support you and get your mind off of training and so triathlon. are you talking about emotional support or like your or like med support on the side of a race no i'm just talking about like day-to-day -day training and stuff like that i'm talking about emotional support so like motivation Motiv support. not even motivation just to be able to shut that like competitive like brain off and just be able to mm. like oh man i missed my target wattage <laughs> on that one like, 20 seconds where it's like you know you're hanging out with friends that doesn't come up yeah and not only that but it's it's just it's it's important to have a support structure in life just in general. Totally. Yep. I, I totally agree. Um, all right. This one, okay. I, I don't want to talk on too much. It was uh, a trivial question, no, but no, okay. So briefly you talked about, um, as a man, you yes. feel objectified upon wearing okay. cycling shorts yeah. when you get a lady taking a quick gander at your groin yeah. area. Yeah. What, what is going on there? I, you know, I, I find it flattering, obviously, um, right. I, yeah, but at the same time, I think it's just like cognitive dissonance inside of the female person hmm. being like, they don't know what they're doing right. when they're doing that. Just like, I feel like men also, in a way, some men don't know what they're doing as well because, you know, we're all sexual beings. Agreed. And we, 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 there's there's so many differences between men and women, but there's so many similarities too. Like we we both 
glance. Exactly. And <laughs> take glimpses on it. And, you know, when, whenever that happens, you know, obviously I, it feels good, obviously. <laughs> um, and then, you know, but it feels good and then I just go about my day. But it, there is, like, a part of me that also gets a bit, you know, not, I guess, peeved off because I'm mm. more than just this flesh The Renaissance body, man, Eric. You know? yeah, yeah, like, I'm more than just this flesh body. Like, there's people behind that. And that's also something that I deal with and struggle with also with the objectification of women because, sure, you know, you have a beautiful woman, but there's more than just that to her. Indeed. You know? Agreed, agreed. Um, switching back to pure competition. Yeah. Now, I'm convinced luck is just an emotional state that you get into, wiring yourself a certain way to receive opportunities more readily. Okay. How would you say the emotion of opportunity plays into your cycling professionally and recreationally? Oh, okay. That is a big motivating factor because I, I don't sign up for a race if I don't think I'm capable of winning. Wow, That's that just, is because I I do not. Show that is a competitive spirit. I, I do not show up to a race just to finish. No. I show up to a race to win. So that opportunity to win, mm. I guess, is like one of my biggest motivating factors. It is basically the biggest motivating factor. It's. It is the biggest motivating factor is to win and the opportunity to put myself in that position is what drives me to train. Would you say that you in a way don't rely on luck or do you rely on luck or is um, there a factor of how much because do the victorious winners rely on luck or do the victorious winners not pay that much attention to luck? You know, I, that's a very good question. Um, I don't think luck the only thing luck has affected me is through my genetics because ah. I have a very large lung capacity. I have a very large natural VO2 max. My, my lactate threshold's crazy. Like I've never had the sense, the burning sensation that people talk about. My muscles just shut off. That's what they do. Wow. So. I feel like, especially with like professional athletes, that luck is being born into like a good genetic pool, but the rest of it's just hard work. It's yeah. All, it's all. We got those Kenyans, it's, which it's, it's, are was born right. and bred Correct. to be the fastest distance right. runners. And, and it's it's all like no one has. I believe no one has ever ran won a race just off of luck. Never. I. Never. I like that. It, it, it's all there's all you have to put work in to be able to win a race. I 100% agree. 100% agree, mate. Um, and basically, I mean, <laughs> this I've noticed some people dance recreationally to relax their yep. body. Okay, this is a little bit complicated, but there's this effect called the Yerkes Dodson effect. Okay, I've never heard okay, of it. Okay, it's um it's not so much you don't have to know about it. It's yeah. more scientific than okay. athletic, but okay. it is the relationship between pressure or arousal to performance. Okay. It was invented in 1901 over 100 years ago. Yeah. It's an effect and it it affect it's basically if you're super anxious, you may not perform well. Right. But if there's not enough pressure, right. 
you may not perform well. Right, you're, there's no motivation. So there's this, so there's this fine line between pressure okay. or arousal, right? right. Pressure or arousal yeah. and performance. Okay. And if you dance that line, mm -hmm. if you're uh, basically performing well, yeah. then you're more relaxed. Yeah. So isn't athletic performance just a dance? You know, I would, I would definitely agree with that for sure. Um, you know, you're dancing with your own emotions. You're dancing with your body as well, whether or not to bring it back or mm. push yourself harder. And that's all just a matter of knowing your body. Uh, some people just relax to dance. Right. Correct. Yep. Um, I think you're, you're. Your partner relaxes yeah. dance. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, she does. Um, Marvelous. Same as do I. It's um, it's people today are so we are. I'm gonna include me in this. Yeah. We are so disconnected from our body because we are taught to be. Wow. Because we aren't taught yoga in school. We That's true. We aren't taught meditation in school. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yoga is so, stretching is so vital for it alignment is. of the body. It is. And, and, so crucial. And um, dancing, athletics, working on stuff, just being able to use that part of your brain that moves your body. It shuts off your prefrontal cortex which is the, the, the thought, the, the processing, thinking, the, yes. the processing, the, the, the thoughts and, you know, stress today. It's, it's all, it's all up here. Yeah. Stress is all up here. Um, whereas like, you know, when I'm super stressed out, usually I'll just, my mind will be like, all right, take a second. Okay. Just look around. Yeah. Just literally look around. Is there any reason to be stressed? Yeah, that's brilliant. Like is, so you question the stress. I, I do question the stress. And then that causes the, causes the dissolution of it. You mm -hmm. dissolve it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's then brilliant. Um, going back to dancing and athletics as a means to reconnect with your body, um, the reasons why I got into triathlon is um, I did bad acid one night. Oh my gosh. No, yeah, I did bad acid one night and I lost three years of my life inside of my mind because of that and it took intense intense workouts to finally realize that like i'm all up here and i'm disassociated from here from your body you're from in my, your mind I'm, I'm, I, was, I was 100 percent in my mind and zero percent wow. in my body so that's fascinating so that's one thing that triathlon did triathlon saved my life really i definitely i i say that all the time um because it bridged that gap, that mind-body gap that's so intrinsic to the Western culture. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it brought me back down inside of my body. Marvelous. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, I mean, you could say it's a form of facilitation. You could say mm -hmm. it's a form of dance. Mm -hmm. You can say exercise is a form of uh expertise mm -hmm. of victory of mm -hmm. luck mm -hmm. of opportunity mm -hmm. and ultimately it involves a lot of emotions it does it does it a lot of emotions it definitely does um the second triathlon that i ever raced i won my first one my age group in my first one and for some odd reason i thought in my head so I had been training for like four months. Just, yeah. I was I was smoking this like a pack a day okay. beforehand. Like, okay. I did a complete 180. Um, 
And for some odd reason, I walked up in there thinking like, all right, I'm gonna win the entire thing. Just completely delusional. But like I walked in there and I was like, all right, I'm gonna win this entire thing. So I got on the swim thinking like, all right, I'll be able to keep up with the front pack. Right. No, huh? I, I was, they dropped me in like a minute. And, so, and so, so that would have been, would that have been guilt by violating something that valued you or sadness because it wasn't available? Because most emotions are just, when something you value isn't available, it becomes an emotion. Right, correct. When you were winning your best race, yeah. that was the something you valued, that right, victory. Right. It was being achieved, yeah. producing the emotion of happiness. Right, correct. I, I got frustrated with myself because I wasn't performing to that level that I thought I could. Even though it was completely delusional, and like I understand that now, but in the moment, you know, I was like, I'm gonna fucking win this bitch. Yes. You know, like, this is me. But the time you did win. But the time I did win, it was pure happiness. Happiness. Yeah, you was, said you was, stayed on your bike for an hour, didn't you? That was Melting Man. Oh, that was a different that, that competition. That was a different race, yeah. Oh, so wow. After, after I won Ideal Beach, um, I collapsed because I pushed myself so hard and I was down for probably a good solid five minutes with people standing over and I was like, all right, no, hold on. Like, I just need a second. And I just started bawling my eyes out because like I had worked three years of consistent training every day yeah. to be able to, not every day, but like, there was obviously rest days in there, but every day to achieve that moment. And that it was, it was a relief. Like it was, it was a pure release of like, okay. And it, it was, it was, the, it was the emotion of victory and happiness. It, it, sounds it, like. it was, it was definitely, it was, a, there was a lot of happiness. There was That's a, and good. Then, but at the same time, there was, there was a, like that night I was hanging out with my friends and I was like, what now? You know, like there's, there's always that little part in your brain that's just like, all right, what's next that wasn't good enough like what, <laughs> like like what's what's next and i'm still kind of in that point that was a year and a half ago and i'm still kind of in that point of like what's next yeah you know awesome and if you're wondering what's next for eric millard where can you where can people find you eric instagram twitter website yeah. facebook where right, on the so, net so um i have an instagram account i have two instagram accounts the first one's the it'll be in the show notes we'll right, put that in the show it. notes it's, um all right, so it is the courage to keep going is my personal account. And the courage to keep going will be in the show notes. All right, and then there's also Gem Moments as well, which is a business that I'm trying to start up, um, which uh, is uh, photography and videography. Marvelous. Yeah. Capturing those victorious and happy moments. Correct. Photographically. Correct. Maybe you'll be in them. Well, Thank you I'm for joining the podcast, Eric Miller. Right. Thank you, man. I appreciate awesome. it.